You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenchurch.com. I'm excited because it, it took a lot to get it together. I had something else on my mind. I knew where I was going to go. I felt so prepared. And then on Saturday morning, I got invited to speak on a podcast called Minovation. Some of the guys in here, if you're not following Minovation, follow it on all platforms that carry podcasts. I got you. My Venmo is Tuggle slash Manducky. No, but uh, it was an honor and a privilege, and we got into some really cool conversation, and I just felt like God, I walked out of there, and he said, I, I, need you to, I need you to go here right now. And so, media team, thank you for not getting, you won't have a title slide because they didn't get anything until about 7.30 this morning because I was working on it last night and early, early this morning, but I know it's a good word. I know it's a good word. So the title of my message, for those of you who are taking notes and want to go to heaven, um, <laughs> and it won't be up here, so get ready, good things from a good God. Good things from a good God. My first scripture here I want to start is Matthew 7, 7, 11. Anytime you have a passage of scripture with 7, 11 in it, you can know it's prophetic. It's a good thing, right? Spent many years of my childhood just trying to get to the promised land of 7, 11. You know, you get your bike, and we were about as my way. We'd just spend all summer, me and my friend Biggie. That was his name, Biggie. Uh, we would work to make money to go to 7-Eleven to buy Slurpees and then do the whole thing all over again. That was our summers. But anyways, good things from a good God. Matthew 7, 7 through 11. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks it will be opened. Or what man is there among you? If his son asks for bread, you'll give him a stone. Or if he asks for a fish, you'll give him a serpent. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give you good, good, give, good, <laughs> give good things to those who ask him? How much more? How much more? We're in our series called Let Us Pray. Prayer is such an important, vital part of the Christian life. It is not a religious servitude that you do enough times a day to stay good in good terms with God. That is not what prayer is. Prayer is us taking our rightful place and who God made us to be and executing and beginning to administer his dominion here on earth. Original creation for man was uh, to be fruitful and multiply and take dominion over the earth. That was original intention. Jesus restored that to us. Jesus was the fix to the problem. But if we don't know where we stand as a believer in Christ, or if you're not a believer in here today, where you can stand, where you were made to stand, where God sewed you together in the womb to stand, okay? If you don't know where you're supposed to stand, then it's really hard to execute proper prayers. It's really hard to know what you're supposed to pray for. See, when Jesus, in, in the chapter just right before this, actually, he begins to teach on prayer. And he teaches that when you pray, the thing you're supposed to ask for is your kingdom, God, come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Okay, it, it is a, tragis, a tragedy 
to think that the church was meant to be a holy huddle that's just hiding out in a cave until Jesus comes home. That was never God's intention for the church. He didn't spill his blood on the cross. He didn't raise up disciples that operated in the gifts and the signs and the wonders for the church to hide back and not engage the culture and not speak truth to the culture in love. That is not what he intended for his church. Okay? He's not coming back for a weak, shabby bride. He's coming back for the bride of Christ. Okay? That's why you see this, this Cherish video, and even the guys are like, I could go to that. There's lions. I'm in. I'm in. Right? He's not looking for a weak bride. He's looking for a fabulous, strong bride. And they make no mark about it. There, there's a battle. There's a culture battle. And the church is God's gift to the earth. And so we've got to know where we stand as being part of the church. <clears throat> Effective prayers start from knowing your position with God. Does it say that in the Bible? Yes, it does. I'm going to read that for you. (laughs) You won't have effective prayers unless you understand that you're a child of God. See, Jesus didn't go to the cross for fire insurance. He didn't go there to get you fire insurance. He went there to make an exchange. The true son of God is going to trade his son, his, his sonship for our mess, for our mistakes, for our insecurities, for our brokenness, for our wrong choices. He's going to trade and he's going to take that and give us adoption into the family. Let me read the Bible so you know I'm not making that up. John 1, 12. But as many, but as, many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. Another scripture, Romans 8, 16 through 17. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. Oh, that's a good verse. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, we may also be glorified together. Heirs of Christ. Understand that when you seek God's will in your life or you seek God's will in a situation, you're not asking for what you have earned. You're asking for what he has paid the price for. You're asking for what he has earned. Yes, that's a good point. That's a good point. That was good. In case you're new to our church, you're wondering, how come they clap a lot and stand up? And I heard some people shouting, don't they know he's trying to talk? (laughs) I used to think that when I first came awake. I'm like, shh, he's talking. You're being rude. (laughs) But I want you to know that we're engaging with the word of God. When a word hits us at our core, we want to amen it. We want to say, God, yeah, yep, even if that hurt a little, I want that, yes. So, you know, I'll encourage you. I know it's a little scary when I first got to a church that was a feedback church. I thought you could only do that if you went to T.D. Jake's church. So I was like, you can do that? <laughs> Have you seen my complexion? You know? <laughs> Come on, we've, somebody, somebody, amen. We thought that. We thought that before we got to a feedback church, right? So, but we amen the word of God. I digress. Come back. Thank you, Jesus. I always wanted it. I'd watch it. I'd be like, that would be so fun. You know, so I want to encourage you, you know, just, just, just loosen up. Take the step. Take the step. First step's usually just like a little finger in there, like, eh. Mm-hmm. You know, next one, you can, you can do a little, oh, my God. You know, a little, get a little clap going and eventually progress to maybe even two fingers in the air and, then it gets real scary. You say something. You're scared. Like, well, what if I say something wrong? I recommend just like, yeah. Yeah. Get crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, ro- roll the yes. 
Okay, and then from there, you progress. Amen. Preacher white boy, whatever, you know, you can just, eventually, eventually you're standing up, both hands in the air, and you're losing it, and it's great. It's great. Okay? Come on. Come on. But understand, it's not for, it's not for me, it's not for insecurity. It's that we're, we want to partner with the Word of God. Just like somehow when I cheer for my team, I've, even though they can't see me in my living room standing up, I just feel like I'm, oh, I'm helping them. You got this. I'm with you. All right. Keep going about being a child of God. Second uh, Corinthians 6.18. I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. I want to tell you this, too. It says sons and daughters. Listen, there's no Holy Spirit Jr. for, for the ladies, okay? God has given uh, the voice in a healthy home. You have a voice of a father and a mother. Right now, we respect we respect godly leadership, and you know we all speak under the authority of our senior pastor, Pastor Jurgen. But you hear a lady up here bringing the word of God. That's good. That's good. If you grew up in a different theological thing, come talk to me after. We'll talk through it. There is no Holy Spirit. We're all and and you're like, is he sure? Let me read one more verse. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. They're all one in Christ Jesus. And if we are Christ, then we are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Now, I want to talk about this because this has to do with your posture. You're a child of God. You're also a child grafted into the family of God going all the way back to Abraham. So when you hear somebody say, man, I read this book, I read this scripture in Isaiah, and it says that Israel will do this. And then they start saying stuff like, so I'm going to do that too. That's what that, that's is based on the, on the scriptures. This is based on saying that the promise God gave to Abraham, that you will be a great nation and that you will be a blessing to the earth that grafted, we've been grafted into that, that when Jesus came and we accept Jesus, we're grafted into the whole Bible, which means this is my sword. This is my ammunition. This is where I go to know what I'm supposed to pray and how I'm supposed to pray. That's good. we are children grafting into all the promises of his word and that is the place we pray from so we get that we're children but now here's the problem some of us most of us probably all of us have some level of daddy issues right it's just the reality some of us had really good role models some of us not so much But the point is that because we're in this family, we now pray we have a heavenly father. But if our lens of father is jacked up, it it can cause confusion. And that's where the Holy Spirit, the counselor, right? People go to counselor for daddy issues. The counselor comes and begins to reveal to us what a good father looks like. What a good father looks like. And I want to hit three quick points. There are many things That's why you got to get in your word and got to get the men's and women's prayer and be in a connect group to begin to realize who your father in heaven is because there's been some misrepresentation. But let me tell you what a good dad does. First one, a good dad wants their kids to win. A good dad likes their kids to win. I love all the kids in our kids' church. I think we have an amazing, we have amazing parents here. We have amazing kids in our church. I love them. I love them. But I'll be honest, if my kid was racing your kid, I'm rooting for my kid because <laughs> he's my kid. And I expect you to root for your kid. I'm not going to be offended, but that's just how it is. And when it comes to God, he's rooting for his kids. 
He's rooting for his kids. You're up for a job promotion. It's okay to pray, God, I want that job promotion. Because I know what I'm going to do with the money, Jesus. I'm going to use it for your kingdom. And I'm going to open up my house and bring people in and love on them. And I'm going I'm to use it for good. I don't know what that person's going to do, so might as well just give it to me. Okay, when I was going around looking for houses with Pastor Vince, he can attest to it. Ask him if I'm lying. I go to a house, I want that house back. This house is my name. I block all other offers in Jesus' name. Okay? That doesn't mean someone else can't get their dream house. I just expect daddy to hear me that I really want that one. <laughs> okay, and it's a lie. It's a lie, this whole thing. God created us to create. So this whole lie that there's only so much of a pie and if I win, somebody has to lose, that's not how kingdom works with God. You want more apples, you plant more apple seeds and the neighbor can do the same thing. The neighbor can do the same thing. God likes his children to win. He likes you to win. And that'll change your posture of prayer. When you're like, man, or, should I just quit on this marriage? Should I just, oh, I got real for me. Come on, if your marriage is working, you have had that thought pop in your head. Honestly, if it's working, because iron sharpens iron, little friction, that thought will pop in. You go, wait a minute, I'm gonna win. I'm gonna win. Becca, don't say yes so loud over there. <laughs> I'm gonna win. I'm not gonna, no way, man, I'm gonna win her again. I'm a, I'm a winner, you know, I'm gonna win him again. It's just weird to say, but I got to hit both sides of it. I'm going to win. It helps the posture of knowing that God is for you and he wants you to win. Is that in the Bible? Let's, let's talk about it. 1 John 5, 4 through 5. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world but he who believes in Jesus, the Son of God? Who gets to overcome the world? The people that believe. We do. Amen. Come on. That, that was a good shout out. If that was your first time, you nailed it. You nailed it, my man. Look, God wants his children to stand out. Now, don't mistake this for pride and arrogance. And if you, if you need to be in the spotlight, that's not what God's about. Listen, when I'm, God will let me stand out because I know it's him doing the work. And so I stay pretty humble. Like, I'm not scared to be up here. But I'm also not scared because if it was me and I had worked my way into this position and, you know, blackmailed a few people and strong-armed my way here, then I would know I was standing here in my authority. I did no pursuit to be here. God chose this. God set this up. So when I'm like, oh, I don't know if I can do it, the easy answer is, no, I can't, so I got to trust God. And when he does good, when a home run happens, when the church goes to two services, when we double in size, it's really easy for me to stay humble. But God wants to highlight you because there's a world that desperately needs to know Jesus. Daniel 12.3 says this. Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament. And those who turn away or turn many to righteousness like the stars forevermore. God's not afraid of you shining when you're following his principles, when you're his child, he likes to do that because it shows the world the contrast. When your neighbors come over and go, how come they're so happy and they haven't even started drinking? What is happening here? Why? 
God wants to highlight that. But we have to give him permission to let us win. Because here's the honest truth. Because of whatever we faced in our past, insecurities, traumas, whatever, and I know they're real. I'm not, I'm not trying to not be graceful, but God wants to heal those. Because if we don't let the Holy Spirit deal with those, we'll rewrite our theology to call insecurity and passivity humility. Hear me again. We will rewrite our theology to call insecurity and passivity humility. When, when that's not what God's intending. He likes us to get in there and deal. That's why we have connect groups. That's why we, we put people on teams and you serve in the house of God. Because you know what begins to happen? You begin to do life with people and stuff begins to come up. And it's beautiful. You can ask some of my team. When, when something comes up and they're kind of triggered, I, you, I get a really sadistic smile on my face. Because I'm like... We found something. Let's talk about it. Let's, let's see what the Holy Spirit wants to do, how it can grow. That's part of why you need church. So if you're one of those believers who has bought the, the scenario that, oh, I don't need to go to church. I just just me and Jesus. Jesus said that's not how it works. Originally, God's, God had a perfect relationship with Adam. He said it's not good for man to be alone. Okay? And then, and then he says that when you confess your sins to God, you're forgiven. But when you confess to one another, you're healed. Part of growth requires other people. Inside other people in this room are the keys to unlocking your destiny. And we do life together. And so I'm not making light of maybe you've been hurt by leadership. Maybe you've been wounded by broken people. But I do want to say, get back in the game. Get back in the game. All right, point number two. Good dads fight for their kids. Good dads fight for their kids. I remember being uh, young. I think I was like six years old. And... um, My dad is a very quiet man, very stable, secure, never really raised his voice. Um, And we had two dogs at the time. We had a a German Shepherd named Patch. This dog was a pillar in the family, right? Amazing dog, had had an angel soul, watched over the kids, gentle. And then we had a a stray we found named Pepper. Now that I'm in a spirit-filled church, I realize Pepper was demonically possessed. That's the only way to describe it. He had, Pepper had demons. And Pepper was always just pushing the line, right? My dad's patient, trying to train Pepper. But one time, we were playing outside, and we were running, and, you know, dogs get excited, and Pepper slammed into my sister, and she fell face first on the sidewalk. And I saw something happen to my dad. I heard this deep, barbarian, like, grunt, like, I was like, what's happening right now? And he just ran up to that dog, because now the dog was like licking her face and she's crying. And he grabbed that dog, but sorry if you love dogs, but grabbed that dog and chucked that dog. I mean, the dog flew. I know some of you don't, ah, no, the dog was fine, but the dog learned very quickly. You do not mess with daddy's kids, right? You do not mess with daddy's kids. Just so you know, too, a little caveat. We grew up kind of old school with dogs. Like my dad was like, they're not a member of the family, they're dogs. And so that was just where we grew up. So if, it, if that offends you, we don't have to talk about it. Just, just know I love dogs too, but that was how I grew up. Anyways, the point is dads fight for their kids. Bible says it like this, Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue which rises up against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me. Fathers will protect 
The Father will protect you from judgment or false accusations. See, so many people get like going along in church and then something happens, a scenario, two people in church rub each other the wrong way. And it just, it gets kind of like this blown out of proportion thing where it's like, oh, they're talking. But just so you know, we do not condone gossiping at Awakened Church. If, if, if the healthy way to do things, if you have something against somebody or you think somebody said something to you, you go directly to that person and you talk to them. But here's the trick. This is where people drop the ball. After you've had that conversation and you've done what's right in the Lord's sight, you have. What they think about you after that is none of your business. And you can trust that as I pursue God, as I do what the Bible says and I don't look for the speck in others' eyes, but I look for the log in my own eye and I just allow myself to be developed with the Holy Spirit, that he's gonna protect my my reputation. You know, there's like 460 people in church. Not everyone here is sure about me yet, but I'm not gonna go on a PR campaign. I'm just gonna keep following Jesus. I'm gonna keep trusting Jesus and he'll, he'll fight those fights for me, you know? And honestly, uh, come on, yes, it's good. So just too many Christians are so worried about what people think about them, but God promises he's gonna take care of your reputation. He's gonna fight for you. So just continue to pursue God. I'm telling you, this was so freeing for me. I used to live, I was like the class clown in our school. I had to be the life of the party. And I do like to party and I do have like jokes and all that, but I did it under so much pressure. I needed everyone to like me. I just wanna free you. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. Do you with Jesus, be in a tribe and community and let the chips fall and God will take care of the rest. Because your daddy will protect you. Your daddy will protect you. All right, point number three. Thank you, Jesus. Last sermon, I was on point number one when the keys came up, so we're here. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Held her back. (laughs) Good dads don't leave their children alone in pain. Look, the Bible promises that when when we follow Jesus... We will live a blessed life with persecution. Now, people, we get accused sometimes of, oh, they're a prosperity gospel. No, we just read the gospel and we see that Jesus really loves people and wants them to prosper. Jesus loved the poor, but he doesn't love poverty. That's where, listen, you wanna hear a false teaching is like, you know, he wants, he loves the poor because he says that, that's not good. I wanna pull them out. I I send my people in there to rescue, not to come and say, don't worry, Jesus loves you. I know you're hungry, but he loves you. Sometimes when faced with painful situations or painful circumstances, the devil will come and whisper is like, this is all you get this side of heaven because he can't mess with your salvation if you believe in Jesus, but he will, he will convince you that pain is a living room when it's actually usually a doorway. It's always a doorway with God. Romans eight twenty eight. I will bring good from all things for those who love me and are called by my name. Pain is a doorway and sometimes it comes to our, our face, but, but God is a good dad and he does not leave his children alone in that pain. I learned this lesson and, I, and it was one of the most critical, pivotal moments of me understanding how God approaches me. 
about a year and a half ago, my youngest son, if that's Jesus, tell him I'm almost done. I'll finish on time. <laughs> I'll drink to that. Um, <clears throat> my son ended up, I've shared this story before, it's on the podcast, but my son ended up in the hospital on life support for five days and it was pretty touch and go, it was really scary. Um, <clears throat> we almost lost him at the beginning there. And so while he was on life support, you know, in the room constantly, either me or my wife are in the room, we never left the room without him having somebody there. And about day two or three, his heart rate would begin to spike um, or just go up. And I noticed it, but I also noticed that, you know, water was dripping from his eyes. And so I asked the doctor when he came in, I said, hey, I noticed that, you know, when his heart rate goes up, his eyes get, start watering. And he, and he just casually, in passing, says, oh yeah, well, you know, as sometimes the, what's the word I'm looking for? Anesthesia, thank you, all right. Whatever that is. Whatever keeps him asleep, sometimes it begins to wear off. And so he's starting to come maybe a little bit into consciousness. So then my mind begins to race. And I say, well, then why are his eyes watering? And he just, like no big deal, he's like, oh, he's probably crying. What? What? My son is starting to wake up and he is crying. He's got tubes in his throat. He doesn't know where he is. And the doctor leaves and they had told me I'm not allowed to uh, move the rails down because there's tons of wires and cords and IVs and everything in them. I didn't pull any wires, but there was no freaking way. I was not going to let my boy know that daddy was here. So I popped that rail down and I got right in his face. Just Asher, daddy's here. You're okay. You're a champion. You're gonna shock in all the doctors. You're gonna wake up soon. You're gonna be fine, son. You're a walking miracle. And I would just do that as long as it took until that heart rate monitor would go back down. And for the next three days, that was a pretty much regular occurrence for me. I share that to, as a, one night as I was laying in bed and just having an honest conversation with God about this is hard, God. If I could take his place, I would. I would do anything to take his place. And I heard the Holy Spirit whisper to me so clearly, that's how I feel, son. That's how I feel, son. You see, your Father in heaven loves you. And if I was to be honest, the two years leading up to that, I, my spiritual walk was, felt like it was on life support, to be honest. I mean, I never like turned away, but I just hadn't had any real encounters with my father in heaven. I hadn't felt close to him in a long time. And in that hospital room, in that moment, I just felt the love of the father. And I realized that's what Jesus gave me. He gave me unbridled access to a perfect father. Today, I felt God wanted to Remind his children that that's who he is. He wants to see you win. He'll fight for you. And you are not alone. You are not alone. So I'm going to ask everyone to stand to your feet.
today is a holy moment, or this moment is a holy moment. I'm going to ask people to close their eyes because when you close your eyes, you open your spiritual eyes up. And um, <clears throat> I believe there's two people in the room that God really wants to go over. He loves all his children, but there are, there's two people in the room. And the first group is uh, you're a believer. You've asked Jesus into your heart at some point, but you, uh, you know if you were to honest with yourself that your spiritual life is on life support. And for whatever reason, you've took the steering wheel of your life and you're just doing your own thing. And, you, and you're beginning, and right now, I want you to know today is a setup for you. This isn't emotional manipulation. This is a setup by God because this is really how he feels about you. He's not sitting there mad at you, expecting penance. He sees that your spiritual life is on life support. And all daddy wants to do is say, son, I wanna, I wanna get in there. You're gonna win. You're not gonna fall to this addiction. You're not gonna fall to this, to the sin that you're in right now. I just wanna get in there. But I need the invite. And then another group of people in the room is, you've actually never prayed that prayer. But the truth is this word is resonating for you because you were made to be in relationship with your heavenly father. And you need to know that equally, Jesus is right there. And he's saying, man, welcome to the family, come on in. Because the Bible says in Romans that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. See, Christ knows that you could be a son, that you could be a daughter. And that same fiery passion that the father has for his children, he has for you right now. And he wants to welcome you into the family. And so if you're one of those two groups, we're just gonna invite you to do business in the safest place in the world to do business with God because all of us have done this. But if you, uh, if you need to come back to Jesus or you need to ask Jesus into your life for the first time, asking you to join a religion. I'm asking you to join a family. Step into relationship. Step into you didn't lose your salvation if, you're, if you've turned away, but to step back into daddy's house, daddy's mission and daddy's vision. So if you're one of those two people, everybody's head down, I close. I want to pray a prayer with you. So could you do me a favor and I'd like to say it's like a brave thing, but honestly, you're in the safest place ever. So it's just a you and Jesus thing. But would you raise your hand if you want to be included in that prayer right now? One, two, three, raise your hand if you need to come back to Jesus or you need to ask Jesus into your heart. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. I see that hand in the back. Thank you. I see that hand. So proud of you. Thank you, I see that hand. Once I've seen your hand, you can put it down. Anybody else? Thank you, I see that hand. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you, I see that hand. I'm just gonna wait for a minute because I feel like the Holy Spirit is moving.
anybody else. Everybody's head down, eyes closed. I just, I, I want, I want to go into the prayer, but I feel like the Holy Spirit's saying that there's somebody just wrestling, and so I'll wait for Him. Thank you. Let's give a hand for those people who raised their hand. Beautiful. Beautiful. So what, we're, what we do right here, um, I felt very clearly at the nine, and I feel it again today, is that when there's a lot of hands, we have a team that wants to pray with you, and I, I, I'll lead us in a prayer, but... There were hands kind of all over the place. And so what I want to do is invite those people that raise their hand to come forward. I'm going to step down off this stage and I want to pray with you. And understand this is an altar here. And the altar is where lives get altered. And I felt like God said that just like when they took the plugs out of Asher and they took them off of life support, it, that, you know, back, he was back with us. It's almost like that step for you coming up here and getting this prayer is, is your spiritual just saying, I'm coming off of, I'm coming off of this life support. I'm coming to you, Jesus. I want to be with you, Jesus. I want to walk with you. Things are going to be different. So what I, I'm going to step down, but if you raise your hand, you can bring a friend if you want to, but would you just come on down to the front here real quick and we're going to pray together. Come on, church, let's give a hand. I know it can be a little intimidated, but you are in like the safest place ever. Come on, so proud of you, so proud of you. No, let you got we can give good hand. So proud of you guys. Come on forward right here. Just stand right here. Oh man, so proud of you guys. Look, we don't pull people out of the front in any way to embarrass, but this is a moment for you and Jesus. And we are for you. As, the, as a family that's done this. And so we're gonna pray all together. I'm gonna lead you guys in a prayer. You guys can pray out loud. Everyone behind you is also gonna pray out loud. And this is a moment, guys. This is the moment. The Bible calls this being born again. Come on forward, so proud of you. Born again. You don't gotta do this in your own strength. You're rededicating your heart to Jesus. You don't gotta do this in your own strength. He's gonna come in you, live in you, and begin to do a mighty work in you. So church all together and you guys up front, you guys repeat this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Today, I ask you to be the Lord of my life. I ask you to come into my heart and make me new. Today, I trust you that my name is written in the book of life. I'm going to heaven, but until I get there, I'm gonna see heaven on earth. Lead me. I believe in you. Amen. Amen. Come on, church. I am so proud of you guys. This is a defining moment. I want you guys to know that when I did this, 
for me, the first time I did this, I came up here and I said that prayer and it, it was like, what, what happened? And then it was like everything over the next few weeks began to just implode. It was like the world looked different. I read my Bible, I'm like, whoa, this is actually good. <laughs> everything shifted and so we want to champion you guys in that. Uh, Ted, could you come stand over here just so people can see you? This is Ted right here. He's, this is, he's a mighty man of God. He's got a gift for you guys, which is a Bible and a book called Following Jesus. Right behind you are some of the coolest people in our church. Literally the coolest. Like you just made it to like the top of the social ladder at church right now because you know them, okay? There's no social ladder here, but you know what I mean. So what, what I'm, we'd ask you to do real quick is follow Ted. The people behind you are going to go with you. We, they're just going to specifically kind of ask you, what was this for you? Ask you a little more of your journey, give you a Bible and a book called Following Jesus, and then just tell you, you know, what, what's next? We have people that want to partner and do life with you, and we want to welcome you into the family. We're not just like, hey, good luck on your new life. Bye. No, you're part of the family now. You're in the tribe now. So would you guys just turn quickly to uh, your left, my right, and follow Ted real quick. Church, give them a huge hand. Never, church, I just want to encourage you. This is a holy time in the thing. So I know the temptation is to beat the traffic out or go get the first seat at Applebee's, but just there's a, there's a holy moment when people give their life to Jesus. I want to also say this for the rest of us. Uh, our ministry team is going to be up here. I'm going to dismiss us right now. But I want to remind you, children of God, Romans 5, 8 through 9 says this, but God demonstrates his own love for us towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. How much more then, having now been justified by his blood, shall we be saved? How much more were his children? I just want to encourage you guys, if you're facing a trial, if you're going through it right now, you're good with Jesus, you know, you're walking with Jesus, but you're in the moment. How much more? Or maybe you're here and you, you know you're saved, but you've, you came into church and you had a little bit of guilt. You, you came in carrying some shame and guilt. How much more? You think God's, after he would die for you when you hadn't even chosen him, you think now that you've chosen him, that he's just gonna be like, tough tacos, buddy. You screwed up last night. Now I don't wanna be with you. He loved you when you were his enemy. You are loved. And so if you gotta just do some house cleaning. That's why the ministry team's up here. You know, you got to get something off your chest. Ask for prayer because I don't want you walking out of here not knowing this. Your daddy loves you. He wants you to win and he's fighting for you because your life is going to echo his goodness out there in this valley. So our ministry team's going to come up. Let me pray for you and then you guys can go get your kids. Lord, thank you for your church. Thank you that you love the people in this room. Thank you that your word says you're the author and finisher of our faith. So if it doesn't look like you yet, the story's not over. The story's not over, church. But God is the best two words in the Bible. When you see a but God, that's usually saying something went bad, but God showed up. So God, I pray for the but God moments right now on your people. 
on your people. Lord, we are not gonna walk around with shame and guilt and condemnation. We are gonna walk around knowing whose we are and why we're here. We're in the family business. So bless your children. In Jesus' name, all the church said. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.